Welcome to Verified Rx, your prescription for success. Brought to you by the Vizian Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence. Medication safety is top of mind for all pharmacy professionals, and being present is integral to safe and effective patient care. Today on Verified Rx, I'm joined by Lisa Hanlon, Medication Safety and Compliance Specialist at Penn State Health and Heart Rhythm Meditation Practitioner, who will walk us through the methods, science, and reasoning behind mindfulness and meditation as key tools for providing a safe patient care environment and improving our own well-being. I'm Gretchen Brummel, Pharmacy Executive Director with the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence and your program host. We are here recording live in Las Vegas at the 2022 ASHP Mid-Year Clinical Meeting. Welcome, Lisa, to the podcast. Thank you, Gretchen. You know, I've always wanted to say live from Las Vegas. But I love it. You and I go way back. So please tell our listeners about your pharmacy background and role at Penn State Health. Well, Gretchen, we do go way back. I'm a proud graduate of the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy. And right after pharmacy school, I did the ASHP Executive Residency. It's now called an Executive Fellowship. So we like to say it was a fellowship before a fellowship. I want to talk a little bit about my residency year, a little bit of history. The year I was Executive Resident was 1994 to 1995. And that was actually the time when Mike Cohen was just first forming ISMP. And then that year when I was resident, ASHP actually hosted the very first national multidisciplinary drug misadventures conference. I think there must have been some divine timing for me to be at ASHP that year. And then I went to Penn State Hershey right after my residency, started leading some committees on med safety. And within about three years, I had a full-time med safety position. This was 25 years ago at the infancy stages of medication safety. I was really fortunate that our director of pharmacy was an early adopter. That's how it happened. I became a med safety pharmacist very early on in my career and have been doing it ever since. I feel very blessed to have been part of the genesis of this very important specialty. So you were there at the beginning, really? I was there at the beginning, yeah. That's great. Thanks for sharing that with us. And the meditation piece, how did you get started there and where have you applied this in your work? Meditation has been a lifelong interest for me. I couple that with an interest in integrative medicine. Really been inspired by my upbringing, my family approached meditation and healthcare in general. And so over the years, I've dabbled in a number of forms of meditation. And in working at Hershey, I found a like-minded group of individuals who were meditators. And we used to meet in the basement of the library Nobody knows that we're meeting because we didn't want people to think we were so far out there in talking about integrative medicine and meditation. Sarah, I actually, through those people that I got exposed to heart rhythm meditation. And then eventually in 2015, I started a two-year intensive program. To be brutally honest, I never in my wildest dreams thought I would be a meditation teacher, let alone bring it to my professional life. I'll never forget the first time I was offering a drop-in meditation at the hospital. I was so nervous. It was really worried that people wouldn't take me seriously. I actually found the opposite. People were searching it out and more and more opportunities presented themselves. This was all pre-COVID, but even then the impact of chronic stress on the healthcare workforce was, was very prevalent then. I started doing CE programs, grand rounds, going to various units and departments to offer some wellness, well-being types of things. And certainly COVID brought that even more to the forefront. I was doing stuff in our department 
apartment. People were reaching out. Can you please come and help us by teaching us some meditation? So it was very, very well received. And it wasn't something I intentionally set out to do like med safety, but it all just came together. Well, I know that space in the library well, so it's interesting to learn that that's where you got your start (laughs) and and really exciting to hear how things have progressed for you since then in this space. So how are you connecting mindfulness and medication safety? You probably see this theme. It wasn't necessarily something I consciously set out to do. It was more for personal well-being, personal development, but it really was a natural progression. And when I think about meditation and medication safety, it's really around two big buckets, and that's attention, or lack thereof, and stress. There's a lot of information in the literature around all of this. There's a couple statistics that I'll throw out. 75% of medication errors are attributed to distraction. It's really very impactful when you think about how can we help individuals? And that's a little bit of a shift because we often focus and we should focus on the system. It's a combination of the system factors, but I also like to say, well, what can I do today to help with these things? Because the system changes tend to take a lot longer. We also know that chronic stress impacts our well-being. So it's physical, it's mental, and emotional, and that impacts our ability to perform. And this is well documented in the literature. So the more stressed we are, the more likely we are to make an error. Mindfulness and meditation as a practice help us to be present in the moment, not distracted, not so caught up in the stress of the moment. And the meditation piece is a strategy and it really helps us to be more resilient. All that combined really does impact how we perform as pharmacists and how we interact with our coworkers and our patients. You're leading me right into my next question because we hear these terms, mindfulness and meditation. Help me understand the differences between the two since we're throwing around these words in this context. It's a very interesting question. How do we define them? And and actually many people, including myself, use those terms interchangeably. And there are many different definitions out there. If you use mindfulness or meditation in a scholarly context, I encourage you to really clarify the context and clarify the definition of the practices. How I think of mindfulness is our innate ability to be able to be present in the moment without judgment. When we correlate that to a medication safety context, it's about not being being in an automatic pilot mode. And that's so easy for us with pace pressure and just trying to get things done, especially with staffing shortages. It's really about bringing us back to the moment. Meditation is a very broad term. I always like to use the analogy of exercise. What is exercise? There's lots of different types of exercise. You can do CrossFit, yoga, running, weight training. The same thing for meditation. There's a lot of different styles. Mindfulness can be a form of meditation, but there's actually a lot more to meditation than just mindfulness. The NIH has a really nice definition of meditation. I'm not going to read it to you, but it describes the history of meditation and it goes back thousands of years. And it's really a variety of practices. That's what I think is important to remember about meditation. It's a practice and it's generally around mind, body, spirit integration. It's used to calm the mind, calm the body and overall enhance well-being. With meditation, this practice, we're developing skills. For example, one of those skills can be a mindful presence and that helps us 
us to switch gears from being stressed and distracted. We often use the term muscle memorization for physical types of things, and it's really the same thing with meditation. We're creating the new threshold, a new set point. And then coming back to the analogy of exercise, by meditating consistently, you're actually building the capacity to be more present, to be more mindful, and also to help your body manage stress more effectively. So it's almost like a muscle that we have to build it up and that gives us some reserve for when we do hit those stressful situations. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it's like a meditation muscle. Oh, I like that. I'll have to remember that one. Thank you for that. As a scientist, I know the data behind this is one of the things that drew you to the practice, and I know you know a lot about this. What are some of the key things that you'd like to share? There is a growing body of evidence related to mindfulness and meditation, but a couple of key points. It really is now widely accepted that meditation stimulates our parasympathetic nervous system. So that helps our bodies mitigate the effects of chronic stress. This is important to us physically, but also mentally and emotionally, because it's the combination of these negative effects on us physically, mentally, and emotionally that can contribute to burnout or cause burnout. There's also evidence that by having a consistent meditation practice, you can improve your cognitive function, tension, focus, memory, as well as emotional regulation and self-awareness. All of these contribute to an overall sense of well-being, but also when we relate it back to our performance at work, this is how we can be the best we can while we are at work for our coworkers and our patients. I know that as scientists, we always want to have evidence, but I always like to point out the evidence is there, it's growing, but meditation is an ancient practice. It's really been around since the dawn of humanity. And it's interesting, over the last 50 years or so, we see an exponential increase in the use of meditation. And so I always say, you can debate the literature and it's important to do that, but why are so many people meditating now? There's two reasons. One, over the last 50 years, meditation has become much more secularized and accessible. And secondly, even more important, is because it works. Very compelling point, so I appreciate that. So in terms of the errors, what are some examples of things that we could avoid just by being more present in our work? Sure, so when we think about the types of errors that we as humans can make, I always think about slips and lapses. So these are just those basic human errors that often occur when we're in that automatic pilot mode. Anything that involves attention, focus, and situational awareness. So a big thing is alert fatigue. And I think we all have examples where either ourselves, I mean, I'm guilty of it, or if we're reviewing event reports of how people have just blown through alerts and why. And so one of the contributing factors is because we're just feeling this pace pressure and trying to get everything done. Also confirmation bias. So that is where your mind is thinking, this is drug X, but really it's drug Y. It's because we're multitasking and we're rushing. We can use mindfulness and this meditation muscle that we develop to improve our awareness of the situational awareness of stress and distractions. It's a well-known strategy to use no interruption zones. And so how can we create more no interruption zones? And also with that is how do we create strategies to refocus when we do get interrupted or we do find that we're drifting off into automatic pilot mode. And this is where by building up our capacity, our meditation muscle, we can switch gears back into do a purposeful pause or a mindful moment as it's known. And then that helps us to reset. 
Another area that's impacted with safety, and this is something that we're learning more about in healthcare, is cognitive load. Workload, pace pressures, especially with shortages, especially coming out of a pandemic, really push us beyond our capabilities. And so this is another area where these practices can help us to reset and to recharge. And just one other final point, when we talk about med safety, we talk about high reliability, and there actually is a definition of high reliability mindfulness. And so when we think about those attributes of high reliability, like a preoccupation with error, that also helps us to be present and looking for opportunities for error rather than being in that automatic pilot mode. Oh, that's interesting. So how do you recommend that people get started with a practice if they're interested? Fortunately, meditation and mindfulness apps are so widely available now. I saw a statistic once that there's over 4,000 meditation apps. I don't know if that number's true. I certainly know there's several hundred, and a lot of them are really good. I learned meditation old school, so I don't personally use an app right now, but I know a lot of people who successfully use them. There's also a ton of free information on the internet, YouTube, that you can find. I always tell people to try until you find a style that resonates with you. Just keep working with it. If one doesn't work well, just keep going because there's so many. And the other thing that's important to remember is a lot of us feel intimidated because we think, oh, I have to sit still for 30 minutes a day or twice a day. And who has the time to do that? So you actually don't have to do that. You can just start with three to five minutes a day and just work yourself up to it. It's just like a couch to 5K kind of thing. You don't run a marathon in one day. So most of us can't sit down and meditate for 30 minutes a day. I like that, taking that back to that um, exercise analogy, and that does make a lot of sense. What do you want our frontline pharmacy staff to know? As someone that has worked on the front lines for a big chunk of my career and in doing med safety, I certainly appreciate all the challenges that we as individuals and as hospitals and health systems are struggling with. So there aren't any easy answers for any of this. So as we continue to pursue the system changes for medication safety, I always like to suggest that people consider starting a mindfulness or a meditation practice today because it's something that you can do today. It can be free, it can be easy, and if you listen to our next session, I'll even show you how. Well, that's wonderful. And uh, I was going to mention that Lisa will be back on our next Verified Rx episode to lead us in a meditation session. So uh, stay tuned for that. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today to share your perspectives and expertise. I'm really so glad that you could be here with us. Thank you. It was an honor and I'm very grateful for the opportunity. And listeners, please join us for more Verified Rx podcasts. Subscribe today, like us and send us your comments. We'd love to hear from you. Verified Rx is your prescription for success and is brought to you by the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence. I'm Gretchen Brummel. Thanks for listening.